All right, Trebosei, uh, good, good evening. Uh, I hope everybody had a meaningful and uplifting Tishabok. Great schos, right? It feels like a special energy when you get, uh, when you get to learn Torah again after Tishabov, after being deprived. First of all, I'll say, feel free to move forward. You know, this is not like, uh, <laughs> I know everybody enjoys me straining my vocal cords, but please, feel free. So again, thank our Talmud Torah sponsor, Max and Brenda Lepkowski, in honor of the Bar Mitzvah, Kalim Bar Mitzvah Yitzchak Meir, Dr. Riva Mitzner, commemoration of the yard site of her father, the yard site of her father, Larry Schenk, Aryeh Ben Chaim, and our week of learning sponsors, Aaron and Alana Weinberg, in honor of their daughters, Bas Mitzvah, Adina Hinda. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, we shall all continue to see beautiful nachas from our children, all of the Neshama, Shtav, and Aliyah, and the families, Einacham. And Abosu, with that, let us begin. So today's daf is Yud Aleph. So we're going to pick up in Merit Hashem from Nun Amud Beis. We left off with, we left off with Amr Tachlifa Baravdimi, Baravimi Amr Shmuel, which is two, four, six, eight, nine, ah, thank you. Nine lines up from the bottom. So we'll say really an incredible, incredible sugya. So Amr Tachlifa Baravimi Amr Shmuel. Hayoshin Bikila Arum. So most remember again in yesterday's daf. Yesterday's daf seems like such a long time ago. But in reality, again, 24, a little bit more than 24 hours ago. So we were speaking about the idea of sleeping underneath a canopy. So we spoke about different types of canopies, right? A two-pronged canopy, a four-pronged canopy. So once we began the discussion, the Gemara over here transitions a little bit to something a little bit different. Let's say somebody sleeps naked in a kilo. So I'm sleeping, I'm a person sleeping under a canopy. Now we'll say, what does he want to do? He wants to say Shema. What's the problem? Is a person can't say Shema in a situation when it's Libo Roa Es Ha'erva. Right? You have to be able, the erva, that one's nakedness has to be covered in order to be able to say Shema. So I have a great chap, person has a great chap, what does he do? Motzi Rosha Chutz Lekilo Bekari Shema. So Shmuel says, no problem, just stick your head out of the canopy. Keep your body inside of the canopy, stick your head out of the canopy. And thereby, and therefore what? Essentially, my head is in a different quote-unquote rishos. Not technical rishos like rishos, but it's in a different domain. It's in a different place than the rest of my body. The rest of my body. So this is Shmuel's Eitzah. Shmuel's Eitzah is, because a kila, what we really defined in yesterday's daf, is that the kila is really a self-contained area. So because of that, halacha lamaisa again, if you were to stick your head out of it and to recite Shema, technically that should be okay. May say the Gemara Zikasha. The Gemara Zikasha. Hayashem ikila arum no yotzi roshachotz lekila. If one is sleeping unclothed, one should not extend his head outside of the canopy. Bikar kriyashma. So we'll say a brisa that, that, that contradicts this. The brisa clearly indicates that Allah halamaisa sticking your head out of the kila is not going to work. Oh, we'll say what's the case? The case over here ultimately again is when the kila is gavo asara. If the kila is gavo asara, then what? Then it's a rishus bifne atzmo, like we spoke about before. If it's pachos me asara, then it's not a rishus bifne atzmo. Hachanai mistabra. I will say this seems to be clear. Why the gemara says midiktani seifa halamazedome? To what could this be compared? La omed babayis arum. So ultimately, again, it could be compared to one who is standing inside of a house unclothed. Listen to this. Let's say one is standing inside their home unclothed. One wants to say Shema. So the great chap, what am I going to do? I'll stick my head out the window. Does that work? Does that work? No. Why not? Because since I'm standing in a substantive structure, 
Essentially, my head is pulled after my body, right? The, in other words, the majority of my body is inside the bias. Sticking my head out the window is halachically insignificant. It's ki'ilu, my head is inside the home as well. So interesting, here's, also, here's the distinction the Gemara is making. The Gemara is saying this, if you have a kila that is lamalamiyot, or let's, let's work backwards. If you have a kila that's lamatamiyot, less than 10 tfachim, essentially, you know we, the way we view it? Like a blanket. Like a blanket. So we'll say, what's the halacha of a person who's unclothed? And they throw a blanket around themselves. They cover themselves up until then. Can you say shema? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a kila less than 10 tfachim, ultimately, again, is like a blanket. A kila more than 10 tfachim, that's like a bias. And I both say again, what's the halacha? If you're unclothed and you stick your head outside of the bias in order to say shema, it's insignificant. Why? Because since you're standing in a substantive structure, the, 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 your, your, your positioning is determined by where the majority of your body is. And since the majority of your body is inside of the home, even though you're sticking your head out of the window, halacha lamaisa, you're all considered to be, in, your entire body is considered to be in the home and therefore you can't go ahead and recite Shema. Shema mino. say, so again, what the Gemara is suggesting over here is something really fascinating. Akila less than Yud is like a blanket. Again, this is for Kriya Shema purposes, not necessarily for Sukkah. Akila lamalam Yud will be like a bias, will be like a bias. And therefore, I will say, wherever the majority of your body is, the entire body is considered to be there. So if the majority of my body is underneath a kila, that's lamalam miyud, then even if my head is somewhere else, my head is pulled after my body. Top of yud aleph. Ubayis, nami afa pishin gavoa, both say a home is different. Interestingly enough, a bias, even if the home is less than 10 tfachim, kevan de kavia ohelahu de kinofos. So ultimately, again, a home is kavua. Because a home is kavur, it doesn't need to have the requisite shir of ten tfachim of height in order to go ahead and, so to speak, not act as a blanket. So this is very interesting. So in the, the, the Gemara suggesting is as follows. In the kila, in the canopy, if it's lamalamiyud, it's like a bias. If it's lamatamiyud, it's like a blanket. A home, because it is fixed, because it is kavua, even if it's not lamalamiyud, it's considered to be a fixed structure. And therefore what? If a person was unclothed inside of a bias, that's the lamatamiyud, and they stuck their head outside of the window, they would still not be permitted to recite kriyashma because the entire body is considered to be wherever the majority of the body, wherever the majority of the body is situated. Lishna Another possibility is You're permitted to sleep. What the Gemara calls a bridal canopy. So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Kilas chasonim, eina kishar kila, vein osila gag, vihi sevivos hamita, vigaga mushpa kishal maklitin. So I will say, so interestingly enough, a, a bridal canopy would have four poles. But what makes it different is that it doesn't have a roof. Remember what we saw yesterday is that what's the halachic definition of a roof? One tefach. So this, interestingly enough, this bridal canopy is a little bit of a cross between different things. On one end, it has four poles, but it comes to a, what's the word? Um, a peak, yeah, a tip, right? With, without any tefach, without any roof. So therefore, Rabbi Yehudi said, name Shmuel, you're permitted to sleep underneath Akilas chasanim in a chuppah. Why? Because you're not sleeping underneath another roof. So as long as you're not sleeping underneath another roof, you could be Yotzei Sokotat. Levishe'en lagag. Afapi. Interesting. Even if it is 10 tefachim high, as long as it doesn't have a tefach gag, you could sleep underneath it in the sukkah. Says the Gemara, 
that says that if a person sleeps underneath a canopy in a sukkah, he's not yotze. <laughs> he's not yotze. How come I ask? You know what's the case? That's talking about a case where the kila has a roof. We'll say again a very simple halachic roof, which is just one tefach of, of, of area. Tashma. Naklitin shnaim. Vikinofos arba. We'll say naklitin refers to a canopy bed that has only two poles, right? One at the head, one at the feet. Kinofos is a canopy bed with four poles. Pires agabi kinofos psula. So if you spread a canopy over kinofos, a four canopy, a four pole canopy bed, and you sleep underneath that, you are not yose soko. Agabi naklitin, but if you spread out the canopy over naklitin, kshira, that's the two pole canopy. Why? Because there's no gag there. As long as what? As long as the naklitin are not more than 10 tfachim tall off the, off the base of the bed. So the Gemara says, what can you infer from here? If the naklitin were more than 10 tfachim high, it would invalidate your sukkah experience. Even though what? It has no roof. To which the Gemara says, shiny naklitin, dikavi. Naklitin are different, I will say. Why? Because they're kavua. Because they're kavua, because they're established, they have like a shame ohel, even if they don't have a gag, which is a tefach. I.e. kavi, lehavi kinofos. But if it's really fixed in place, then it should be like the kinofos, which is the four pole canopy bed. The gabi kinofos, lo kavi. When compared to kinofos, Ultimately, again, it's not so established. Legabe kilo, kavi. But compared to a kilo, it's going to go and be established. Okay, Tara Shrava Barafuna, Mutra Lishon Bikilo. One is permitted to sleep underneath a canopy. Afa Pishi Yesh Lagag, Afa Pisha Gavoa Asara. We'll say dramatic. Dramatic. Rabba Barafuna says that Allah Khalamais, you can sleep underneath a canopy. And even if the canopy is lamala miyod, and even if the canopy has a roof, that's a tefach, you could still sleep there in biyotzi sukkah. How could that be? Keman kerabi huda. This is what the rabbi huda. What's the word of rabbi huda? Hold, listen to this. Damar lo asi ohel arai umevatel ohel keva. Because Rabbi say ultimately again, rabbi huda holds that Allah chalamais and ohel arai cannot be mevatel and ohel keva. And Rabbi said this is fascinating. So remember again, we have this incredible dialectic by Sukkah. Then on one hand, right, when Chazal, we'll, we'll get to this Gemara, but when Chazal speak about Sukkah, they say, Tsei midiras keva, vidar bidiras arai. Sukkah is called diras arai. Yet, the diras arai, the temporary structure of Sukkah, has to have certain keva qualities. So we've seen this already a number of different times. Shabi Huda holds like this. So if you have, so we'll say, think about it just a moment. You have your sukkah, you have your canopy bed. Both technically are an ohel. So Yehuda says that when you look at the sukkah, the sukkah is an ohel keva, is a fixed tent or a fixed structure vis-a-vis the canopy bed. And therefore Yehuda says something amazing. He says, lo asi ohel arai. The ohel arai ultimately again is not mevatel the ohel keva. Is not, is not mevatel Ultimately, again, is not mevatel the fixed structure. Ultimately, again, of the base of So this is fascinating. So even though sukkah is called diras arai, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, legabe the canopy bed, the sukkah is called the diras keva. So therefore, again, what Rabbi Yudas essentially says is like this: If you're sitting in your sukkah and then you're sleeping underneath the canopy bed, he says something amazing. He says the temporary tent, which is the canopy bed, is essentially subsumed 
by the more permanent tent, which is the sukkah. So the Gemara says, "This night, I'm Rabbi Yehuda. No, again, hayino lishan tachas hamita b'fnei hazakenim." Because Rabbi Yehuda said. We used to sleep underneath the bed all the time in front of the zakenim, and ultimately again the and no one said anything to us. So the fact that no one said anything to us indicated that it's not a problem. I So the gemara asks, why doesn't Rabbi Barafuna just say the halacha follows Rabbi Huda? Right? What did Rabbi Barafuna say? He said mutar lishan bikila. You're permitted to sleep underneath a canopy, even though the canopy is ten tefachim high and has a roof that is a tefach. Why don't you just say that Rabbi Yehuda? Correct? Because we all say that. What's the Svara? Why does Rabbi Rafuna say you can sleep underneath the canopy bed in the Sukkah? Because lo asi ohel arai umevatel ohel keva. So just say the halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda. To which the Gemara says something interesting. Because if the Gemara would have just said halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda, hava amina hanimili mita delegabo asuya. I would have thought when does the halacha follow Rabbi Yehuda? Only when it comes to a bed. Right, Rabbi Yehuda holds that Allah Chalamaisa, you could sleep, remember, because Rabbi Yehuda say, we used to sleep underneath our beds. We would sleep underneath the beds, and the Zekanim never said anything to us. They both say, what's the logic? Because Rabbi Yehuda would say, the bed is an Ohel Arai, a temporary Ohel. The Sukkah is an Ohel Keva. And the Ohel Arai is not Mevatal, the Ohel Keva. So if the Gemara would have just said, Allah Chalamaisa, Rabbi Yehuda, I would have thought, it's Dafka didn't beds. Why? Mita de la Gabasuya. Because we'll say a Mita ultimately again is primarily made for what? It's primarily made for what? To sleep on it. To sleep on it. So maybe if you use it in an unusual way, like by sleeping under it, that's when that's not going to go ahead and obviate the mitzvah of sukkah. But a canopy, which is dafka made to be used on the inside. Amalo, I'm gonna flip that Allah said that type of ohel can go ahead and can go ahead and be mevatel the sukkah. Kamash malono, kamash on time with Rabbi Huda. The lo asi ohel arai, umevatel ohel keva. Therefore, the Gemara teaches us that Rabbi Huda's svara is that an ohel arai, a temporary tent, whatever the temporary tent is, a canopy underneath the bed. Ultimately, again, that is subsumed by the sukkah, and ultimately, again, lo shnamita for lo shnakila. But saying that there's a there's a beautiful ashkafa contained in these words as well. The Ohel Arai refers to our Bate Kinesios, refers to our shuls. The Ohel Keva is the base Hamikdash, right? Isn't this incredible that this is today's daf? And I will say sometimes, you know, we are so privileged to live in a time where we build such beautiful shuls. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, yes, I'm referring to physical structures as well, but that's not really what I'm referring to. We built such beautiful kahilos. We built such beautiful energy. We have to always be careful that the beauty of the temporary structures we build do not diminish our yearning and our wanting for the Ohel Keva of the Beis HaMikdash. Always sometimes in life, you know, the Bidyeved becomes the Lechatchila, right? The Bidyeved is what we have now in the absence of a Beis HaMikdash. Sometimes the Bidyeved becomes so good that you forget that it's a Bidyeved. It looks like a Lechatchila. So the Gemara tells us, Chazal tells us, Masei Tishabav, Lo Asi Ohel Keva O Mevatel Ohel Arai. Make sure the Ohel Keva of the Kehilos, the Bate Kinesios you build, as wonderful as they are, never let them diminish the yearning, the pining, the wanting for the Ohel Keva of the Beis Hamikdash Sheibanim Hira Biyameinu. We'll say, let's begin the Mishnah. Let's get Mishnah. Hidha Lasa Gafen, Vyasa Dalas. We'll say, here we go. 
Talking now about the Psula Mukhubr. So what am I doing over here? I'm taking a vine. So so remember, Gefen is a is a grapevine. It's a grapevine. I take a vine. Dalas gourds apparently grow on vines also. So I take a gourd vine. Or kisum. Kisum is ivy. So these are all vine items. So I take a vine. Vesichecha gaba. They're both saying, what am I doing? I'm taking the vine and I'm pulling it over the sukkah. Pulling it over the sukkah. So what's the halacha? Psula. Psula. They're both saying, why is it possible? But pashtos? Mukhubr. We're going to talk about this again. Remember that halacha lamay. So schach cannot be mukhubr. Schach cannot be mukhubr. Vim mehen. But if you had a lot more kasha schach than this vine, than these vines, osha katzitzan, or you detach the vines from the ground, kshera. Ultimately, again, they could you could use them for schach. So, in other words, there's nothing you could use the vines for schach. The problem over here is that the vines are attached. That's when you can't use them for schach. Zeaklal. This is the rule. Anything that's mekabel and doesn't grow from the ground. Ultimately, again, you are not allowed to use frischach. The chal davar she'ena mekabel tuma ugidulam in aris. I will say anything that is not mekabel tuma and grows from the ground mesachachin. I will say this becomes a very important klal. What are you allowed to use frischach? Has to satisfy two criteria. It's not mekabel tuma, which I will say usually comes to eliminate what? Kalim, excellent. Well, excellent. Kalim, right? Excellent. Kalim, and ultimately, again, Gidulam in Aretz, it grows from the earth, which we'll see what that eliminates as well. Good. So we'll say, let's analyze. Yosef, Rav Yosef, Kamei, Rav Huna, V'yasev, Ika'amar, Oshikatsitzan, Kshera. So we'll say, Rav Yosef was sitting before Rav Huna, and he was giving over this teaching about using these vines to go ahead and for Srach, and he said, Oshikatsitzan, if you cut them, if you detach them from the ground, then ultimately, again, it's Kasher for Srach. Comes along Rav, V'amar Rav, Tzorich L'Na'anea. Ooh. Rav says, one second. Because they're both saying, remember, what's the imagery over here? I've got a sukkah. Four, whatever, three, we'll call it three walls, right? What am I doing? What am I doing? Right? I have ivy growing, uh, growing in my property. So what do I do? I just take the ivy and I lay it on top of the schach. What's the status of the ivy? Right? It's puzzle. Why? Mechubra, it's attached. Okay, so comes along Rav Yosef and says, of course, so you have to just cut it. You have to cut the ivy. You have to detach it from the ground sometime before the Yom Tov of Sukkis. And again, I will say, according to Rav Yosef, in front of Rav Huna, once you detach the ivy, and again, or grapevine, whatever you're using, once you detach it, then what? Then what? You're good to go. To which Rav comes along and says, no. Even after you detach it, you have to, we'll call it, lift up or move around the schach a little bit, the now detached vines, in order to go ahead and make it usable for sukkah. Amr le Rav Huna, ha Shmuel Amra. So Rav Huna said, ah, Shmuel said that. It wasn't Rav. I say, he said, Shmuel said, Tzarek Lenaanea, that you have to move it around. So the Gemara says, Amra, I'm sorry, ha Shmuel Amra, Ajun Rav Yosef Lape. Rav Yosef turned around in, in a little bit of anger and he said, Va Amr le, did I say that Shmuel didn't say it? I was just saying, Amr Rav, Amr Shmuel. Rav and Shmuel both said it. Amar lei, Amar lei. To which he said back, Amar lei Ravuna, Kachi kamin alecha. No, Ravuna says, Rav Yosef, you're not understanding me. He said, Kachi kamin alecha. The Shmuel Amra below Rav. No, I'm telling you, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're quoting Tzarich Lenaanea that you have to move around the schach in the name of Rav. Rav didn't say that. It was Shmuel who said it. And in fact, again, Rav actually holds you don't have to below Rav. The Rav Achshuri Machsher because Rav holds. That once you detach the attached vines, 
You're good to go. You're good to go even if without moving the schach. Well, so where do we get this from? The Rav Achshui Machshir. Well, so listen to this. Because Rav holds that halacha l'maysa, even without moving the schach, ultimately, again, the sukkah is going to be kasher. Right? Look at Rashi Achshui Machshir, right across in Rashi. Beloni Nua. Rav does not hold you have to move the schach at all. Dikasavra ketzitzasa zohi gemar asyasa. Well, so remember that phrase. Ketzitzasa zohi gemar asyasa. Which means what? Detachment is the final step in schach preparation. You don't have to go ahead and start moving stuff around. Rather, all you need to do, halacha is to go ahead and detach it, and then you are good to go. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, listen to this case. Just like Ramah Chassid, what did Ramah Chassid do? This is fascinating. He was putting tcheles on his wife's cloak. And I will say, why was he putting tcheles on his wife's cloak? Look at Rashi. Leparzuma de inish beise, letalis ishto, de kasabar laylas mansitisu, uriisem also pratlak susuma, avaksus laylachayu. Because listen to this. Rav Amram Chasida held that sitis was not a mitzvah asay shazman grama. Well, it's not a time out make commandment. Well, if it's not a time out commandment, then what? Then what? Then we're in our chayavos. So he's putting tcheles on his wife's garment. Good. So the Gemara says, V'lo pasik reshechutin. And Bosa, he did something very interesting. So what he did was, if you could imagine, you know, tzitzis is made from four strings that are, that are you know, folded and then tied. So Bosa, if you could imagine the following, imagine taking one long, very, very, very long string and going ahead and looping it, right, looping it, and then tying the knots. But what you have on the bottom is, the bottoms are all attached. So he tied all of the knots in the tzitzis, but the strings themselves were not yet detached. Am I, am I, am I, am I clear? Right, so in other words, the, the, the knots were fine, but like when you took out the bottom of the tzitzis, you didn't have eight independent strings. You had whatever, two loops, or four, four loops, I should say. So what happened? So the Gemara's, so Rav said, no problem, just cut the strings at the bottom. Just cut, now both say, and here's what's interesting. What happens when you cut the strings at the bottom? What happens? Essentially, you kind of have almost like pre-made tzitzis. You see, when we think about making tzitzis, kind of like making schach, you go through a process. You take the strings, you loop them through, you tie the knots, and by the time you finish tying the knots, ta-da, the tzitzis are done. In this case over here, what Rav Chassidah was doing was, he tied all the knots, but the tzitzis were not yet independent strings. The tzitzis only became independent strings after the knots were already tied. And yet Rav held that once you go ahead and snip the bottom of the strings, thereby detaching or establishing the strings as independent tzitzis, the tzitzis are kosher. What do you see from here? Alma psikasan zohi asiyasan. So you see from here that Rav holds that detachment, detachment, represents creation. I could come up with a better formulation than that. But ultimately, again, psikasan, the detachment of something, ultimately, again, represents its final creation. So just like by hachanami, so to over here, by, by srach, ketzitzasa nami asas. So the Gemara assumes that just like Rav allows you 
to go ahead and only cut apart the strings at the end once the tzitzis are already made. Psikasan zoi asiyasan, so too by schach. Once you go ahead and you have the attached vines on the sukkah already, once you snip those vines and go ahead and detach them from the ground, what happens? What happens? Your sukkah instantaneously becomes kasher. Even though Rabbi said, remember again, you're not going through the normative process that we would have thought. The normative process is you build walls, and what do you put on top of walls? Schach. What kind of schach? Schach kasher. Right? It's not that you, it's not the pshat that you go out and you create a puzzle entity and then do something extraneous to the structure to go ahead and make it kosher. Be Rav holds that Allah Chalamai said that works. V'savr Shmuel, V'savr Shmuel, and you're telling me that Shmuel does not subscribe to this idea? V'atani Shmuel, V'shon Rabbi Chia, V'as listen to this case, Hitil Shnei Karanos, L'shnei Karanos V'asachos, here the boss listen to Shmuel said as follows. Both say, what happens if you take two corners of a garment? And it's this case. And what happens? I loop through, I take, I take strings, and I loop through two corners simultaneously. So both say, so again, if you can imagine you take two corners of the garment, you take one long string, fold it over multiple times, and you go ahead and you put it through the holes on two, two corners simultaneously. And then only afterwards, you detach the bottoms of the strings, making them independent strings. Ksherin! Shmuel says it's kosher. So apparently Shmuel subscribes to the idea of psikasan zohi asiasan as well. My love, shekosher, v'achar kach posek. Bose, are we not talking about a case where you're first tying the strings and then detaching them at the bottom? Lo sheposek v'achar kach kosher. No, 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 what's the case? The case, Bose, is that you first detached the strings and then you went ahead and you knotted them. Posek v'achar kach kosher, my lememra. I don't understand. If you, if you detach the strings before you tied them, what's the shayla? To which the Gemara was listening to his mouth, because what would you have thought? Mouth tema on the days. Ba'inon knaf b'shas p'sil v'leka. We'll say I might have thought like this. I might have thought about say that maybe the halacha of tzitzis is you're only allowed to work on one corner at a time. So we'll say what I'm doing over here is actually not such a big chiddush. What are you doing over here? If you can imagine, you take two corners of the garment and imagine just going in and taking the string and looping it through both, gar- both corners simultaneously. And then what am I going to do after? I'm not nodding. What am I going to do after I put it through the holes on both corners? What am I going to do? What do I do? I cut in the middle. So I haven't nodded anything. So the Gemara says, what's the Chiddush? The Chiddush is like this. I might have thought that the halachos of tzitzis demands that you only work on one corner at a time. Kamash no. Kamash You could work on two corners simultaneously. But to be clear, Shmuel is not condoning a nodding of the strings, and only later, subsequently, separating the individual strings. So once again, we have a machlokes, Ravid Shmuel, a dramatic machlokes. Psikasan, Zohi, Asiyasan. Do we say that detaching something in a way that makes the item kosher validates the entity? And so far, again, this comes up in two distinct areas. Number one is going to be with Schach. If I put schach pasal on top of my sukkah, it's mukhubar, and then once it's on the sukkah, I detach it from where it grows. Is that going to be enough? Is that going to be enough? And tzitzis. Same case by kit, by uh, similar case by I knot the entire tzitzis, but the strings are still attached at the bottom. I snip them after everything is already done. Rav says, kasher. Psikasan, zohi, asiyasan. Shmuel says, pasal. Meisvei, tlan v'lapazak, rashi chutin shalohen. If you made sitzes and you did not separate the bottom strings, psulin, ultimately again it's puzzle. 
Ma'ila p'sul niolam. Obviously, does that mean they're pasul forever? V'tiyof to the rav and it refutes rav. Amun lechana al rav, amun lecharav. My p'sulin know what does p'sulin mean? P'sulin ad sheyiv saku. P'sulin means it's pasul until you go ahead and you detach it. Ushmuel amar p'sul niolam. Shmuel says no. When it says pasul, it means pasul forever. So I'll say, listen to this. It's very important. According to Shmuel, according to Shmuel. If you made tzitzis in this interesting way, I was right to imagine you took one very long string and you doubled it over multiple times, you folded it multiple times, and you go ahead and you put it through the corner of your garment and you make all of the knots, but now you have essentially four loops on the bottom of your tzitzis. So what do you need to do? What do you need to do? Cut each loop, make it into eight strings. Shmuel would say those tzitzis are puzzle. There's only one way to remedy them, which is how? Which is how? Untie the whole thing and retie it. There is no way to remedy those tzitzis according to Shmuel because he rejects psikasan zohi asiyasan. Rav would say, as soon as you go out and you snip the bottoms, making the four loops into eight strings, you are good to go. V'chein, so the Gemara says, V'chein Amr Levi, p'sun liolam. Levi agrees with Shmuel. V'chein Amr Rav Masna, Amr Shmuel, p'sun liolam. Ikedar, I will say, so there's, a, there's an alternate version of this. Ikedar, Amr Rav Masna, b'didi hava ovda. Rav Masna said, this happened to me. This happened to me. And what happened? And I came in front of Shmuel. Apparently, again, he made scissors like this. We're taking a string that was doubled over multiple times, put it through, knotted the whole thing, and now he's left with four loops at the bottom. And he just wants to go ahead and cut each loop, making it into two strings, making it into eight strings of tzitzis. And Shmuel said to me, I'm sorry. I came to Shmuel and Shmuel said, no good, no good. If you went ahead and you knotted your tzitzis and only afterwards detached the loop strings, psulin, ultimately again the tzitzis are pasal. So once again, when we say psulin, what does that mean? The only way to remedy the tzitzis is how? Go back, untie it, retie it. Oh, back to sukkah, Bosei. What about by sukkah? Tasa. Wow, I will say, so now we come to the real essence of it. The Torah says, Chag which tells us that a sukkah is something that you have to construct in an orderly fashion. But it can't be means you can't create an invalid sukkah and then perform an act extraneous to the sukkah in order to make the sukkah a kosher entity. That's what it means, tasev asui. A sukkah must be constructed in a proper sequence, but if the sukkah was constructed in a way that makes it puzzle, performing an act extraneous to the structure will not validate the sukkah. What's a good example of that? It's this case. I put vines on top of the sukkah as schach. What's the status of my sukkah? What's the status of my sukkah? Puzzle. So now what am I going to do? I'm going to detach the vines from the ground. I've done something extraneous to the structure. That's called tasa velomina aswe. It is possible. So the Gemara says, Mikan Amru, from here we say, Hidla les hagefen vesadlasas hakisum, visichik agavan psula. Based on this, we say that if you went and you placed grapevines, gourd vines, ivy vines on top of your sukkah, it's possible. So the Gemara says, Hey, chidami, what's the case? Ilim abishalok kids, it's on. If we're talking about a case where you didn't go ahead and detach the vines, my iria mishum tasa velomina aswe. If the vines are still attached to the ground, the problem is not one of The problem is what? Rather, it must be where you detach the vines. And yet, despite that, yet it still says that the sukkah is possible. 
And what do you see from here? That we do not say This is a refutation of Rav. Rav will say, no, no, no. What's the case? Rav will say, what's the case? The case over here is when you went ahead and you pulled the vines out of the ground, they're detached, but they're not detached in a recognizable way. So because they're not detached in a recognizable way, people are going to see the sukkah and they're going to assume that what's the status of the vines? What's the status? They're attached. And people will automatically assume that the sukkah is kosher. And if we allow you to use that sukkah, and may people may come to erroneously assume that a sukkah that is made with mukhubar is going to be kosher. Miko makom, tlon v'achar kach pasak, kash rav. I would say, nevertheless, the case of tlon v'achar kach pasak, where you put it on after you detach it, it's still a kash rav, kasha. Indeed, this is a question on rav. Lema ketanai. I say, maybe, maybe this whole thing is so just to point out what we have over here, because this is <coughs> really incredibly dramatic. Machlokis Rav and Shmuel. The Machlokis centers on one phrase. Psikasan Zohi Asiyasan. That's what it comes down to. Psikasan Zohi Asiyasan. If you take something that is made in an invalid way, and then you quote unquote, do an additional act, do an additional act, Halach Lamaisa, does that additional act essentially kasher the entire process? Or not? Rav says yes, Shmuel says no. The Machlokis manifests itself in two distinct cases. Case number one is sukkah. You put schach that was mechubar onto the sukkah, and ultimately, again, you went ahead and you subsequently detached it. Rav will say, good, Shmuel says, no, it's similarly by tzitzis, you made the whole tzitzis with looped, with, uh, with folded over, with folded over string, now you, t- not the entire thing, you have to cut the bottoms, Rav says, no problem, cut the bottoms, ultimately again, it's kosher, Shmuel says, pasal. Well, so I just point out, but you know what, this is a machlokis, and it's a machlokis, a real matzias in life. So you say, the shayla is, does the process matter, or do the results matter? That's the machlokis, Rav and Shmuel. Right, Shmuel says, the process is irrelevant. What matters are the results. What matters are the results. Do you have, do you have a kasha sukkah? Do you have sukkah with detached schach? The answer is yes, good enough. Right? Sitsis, do you go ahead and do you have eight strings? You do? Great, fantastic. I don't care about the process, I just care about the results. Rav says, chas v'shalom. Life is all about the process. Right? The results are only meaningful if you followed the correct process. I will say, we're going to see, we're going to see who we paskin like, not just in sukkah and not just in tzitzis, but in life as well. But that's the, it's a, it's a very yisodistic machlokis. Do we care about just results? Psikas zwa siyasan? Or do we care about process as well? So, you know, ketanoi. So, machlokis tanoim. Aver veliktan pasu. What's an interesting case? We're getting, we're seeing a lot of things tonight. The hadas, the myrtle branch. So, we're going to discuss in Yerat Hashem on Dach Lamed Beis, that if the myrtle branch sprouts berries, if your hadasim sprout berries, <clears throat> if there are more berries than leaves, the hadas is puzzle. But you do have the ability to go ahead and remove the berries from the hadas. So the Gemara says, If you went ahead and you removed the berries, ultimately again from the, from the, from the hadasim, ultimately again it's going to be puzzle. It's going to be puzzle. David Rabbi Shimon. Say ultimately again that it will be kosher. What's the root of the machlokas? Savruha. So we assumed that what's at the root of this machlokas? Tuchuli ama lulav tsarich eged. 
Basically, we're going to get to all these sugis, which are quite, quite exciting. Lulav tzarech agarabosai, do you have to bind the lulav together? In other words, do, does the lulav, hadasim, and aravos all have to be taken together? So that's, that's lulav tzarech again. So everybody agrees that the lulav and the hadasim and the aravos have to all be taken together. V'afinon lulav misuka, and we learn out lulav from sukkah. Tehsiv gabi sukkah tasev lo asui. So we'll say, listen to this. This is incredible. We learn out sukkah from lulav. I should say lulav from sukkah. So we'll say, now watch this case. Listen to this. Imagine for a moment you have your bundle, right? So you have your lulav, your hadasim, yarabas. They're all tied together. And your hadasim sprout berries. Too many berries. Too many berries. So what are you going to do? You're going to start plucking off berries. And so let's say you pluck off enough berries to make the hadas kosher. But what's the problem? What's the problem? When you made the aguda, when you made the bundle, you made a bundle with a pasal hadas. So the shaila now is, after you've already made the bundle, if you remove the berries, thereby making the hadas kasher, does that retroactively make the igud good or not? So the Gemara says, My love, So they must be arguing about the following point. The one who holds that it's kasher, Savar aminon gabi sukkot kitsi sasan zu asiyasan, Vegabe lulav nami aminon likitasan, so we assume that the same opinion will allow you to put schach mechubar on the sukkah and then afterwards detach the schach who says will also say that if you pick the berries off the hados once the hados is already in the bundle that's going to be kasher as well. But the one who says that it's possible he will hold that we don't hold by sukkah that detaching the already present schach is going to make the sloka kasher. By lulav also, he will not say that the picking off of the berries, once the hadas is already in the bundle, will allow the bundle to be kasher. To which the In reality, everyone is going to agree. When we say everyone, I mean everyone but Rav, is going to agree that if you put schach mechubar on your sukkah, simply detaching that schach is not enough to make the sukkah kasher. Vahacha, so what's the machlokis over here? Vahacha, the melov lulav misukah kamiflagi. Wow. But also here the machlokis is, do we learn out lulav from sukkah? Man de machshir, the one who holds that if you go out and you remove the berries from the hadas once it's in the igod, it's kasher. Sabar lo yafina lulav misukah, he holds that we do not learn out lulav from sukkah. So that even though tasev lomina asui is not good by sukkah, it will be good by lulav. Uman the apostle, the one who holds that as apostle, Savra Yafina Lulav Misukkah. He'll say, We do learn out Lulav from Sukkah. The other possibility we'll say is, If you hold that a Lulav has to be bound, everyone agrees that we'll learn out the halachos of Lulav from Sukkah, which means what? Which means what? That just as the Sukkah, you can't, we don't say psikasan zui asiyasan. So too with a hadas puzzle, picking off the berries once the hadas is already in the egg, it is already in the bundle, is not going to be machshir the hadas. Here's the machlokas. I bless you. Mar savar tzarech eged, umar savar ain tzarech eged. Oh, I will say a much more fundamental machlokas. Do the dalid minim need to be bound or not? I will say we're going to get to this sugya. Do the dalid minim need to be bound or not? So the Gemara says, tanoi. And their machlokas is another machlokas time. This Sanya, here we go. Lulav, bein agud, bein she'eno agud kasher. A lulav, whether you bound to it, the other species, that dasim, the aravos, is kasher. 
Rabbi Yehuda Omer, all good, kosher, first wife. Rabbi Yehuda says, if you bound them all together, it's kosher. V'she'eno all good, possible. But ultimately, again, if you don't bind it together, it is possible. My time is Rabbi Yehuda. I will say, where does Rabbi Yehuda get this from? That the lulav, the hadas, and the me'arovs have to be bound together. Yalif l'kicha l'kicha me'agudas ezov. Fascinating. He learns out the binding of the four species, really the three species, Lulav, Hadas, and Aravos, from the Agudas Ezov. So what's the Agudas Ezov? It's the bundle that's used to sprinkle the Para Aduma. So the Gemara says, Uksiv Hasam, Uksiv Agudas Ezov. It says over there, you shall go and you shall take the Agudas Ezov. Uksiv Hacha, Ulekachtem Lachem Beyom It says, Lekachtem by both. Right? Lekachtem by Agudas Ezov, by Para Aduma. And it says, Lekachtem by Lulav. Just like by Para Aduma, you take the Azov, you take the Shnit Holas, the piece of red wool, you take all the different pieces and you put them in a bundle. So to by Lulav, you have to take the Lulav, the Adasim, the Aravos, and put them in a bundle as well. Rabbanon will say, Rabbanon, don't, they don't subscribe to that Gzir Shabbat. Whose opinion is reflected in the following idea? Lulav mitzvah la'ogdo. It is a mitzvah to go ahead and make an igud, make a bundle from your lulav. But if you did not make a bundle with the lulav, ultimately, again, it's still kasher. Whose opinion does that reflect? So the Gemara says, if you want to say it's like Rabbi Yehuda, kilo agda my kasher. Rabbi Yehuda holds that the lulav requires egged. It requires binding. So if you didn't do it, then why would it be kasher? And if it's the Rabbanon, my mitzvah. According to the Rabbanon, Lulav doesn't require Igud at all. So why would you even say Mitzvah? The only Rabbanon he, the boss said, listen to this. Even the Rabbanon who hold that Allah Chalamaisa, Lulav ain't tzarech eged, that Lulav does not have to be bound together, agree that what? If you do it, it's nice. If you do it, it's a Mitzvah. Why is it a Mitzvah? Because I will say the Pasik says, This is my God and I will exalt him. The concept of Hidr Mitzvah. Sivan the Rabbanon ultimately, again, who don't hold that you have to put the Lulav in a bundle, will agree that doing so is the performance of a Mitzvah Lechatchila, because at the end of the day, you're beautifying the Mitzvah. We'll say, How do we paskin in the Machlokis Rav and Shmuel? So ultimately, again, we paskin like Shmuel. So therefore, again, we'll say, if you were to construct a sukkah with Mechuber, if you were to construct a sukkah with Mechuber, and what? And then detach. You put vines as your schach. And then you detached the vines. What would be the halacha? What would be the halacha? You would need tzarek l'na'anea. You would have to lift up the schach. I'll tell you where this comes up. This comes up often, and people sometimes don't realize this. You build your sukkah. And then you realize, You realize that what? What do you realize? There's a tree on top of your sukkah. And the tree is provides more shade than sun. So now you realize you have to go out and remove some, some of the limbs, some of the branches of the trees. So you hire a guy, because we're Jewish, right? You, you hire a guy, right? He comes in, he cuts down the limbs of the tree. And now what happens? And now what happens? So now you have, Baruch Hashem, no tree on top of your sukkah. What's the problem? The problem is, well, so you have to go back and lift up your schach again. Now remember, I have to point out, you don't have to lift up all of the schach. You just have to lift up some of the schach. You have to do some type of maisa with the schach. Because why? Because think about this. Otherwise, if you don't do anything, it's a violation of It's psikasan zoi asiyasan, which we reject. Essentially, what's the paskin like, paskin like Shmuel, namely, both say that it is not just the results that are important. You must maintain fidelity and allegiance to the process.
And I will say, that's the halacha by sukkah, it's the halacha by tzitzis. Right? So if you were to do this interesting idea of looping the things together, making the tzitzis like that, and the bottom strings are all attached, and then you stiff them afterwards, that would be possible. You have to untie everything. Because I will say, in life, it's not just the results that matter. The process is incredibly important as well. All right, the boss, we'll stop over here for tonight. Shkoyach, everyone. Shkoyach. All right, Chevron Zoom. Shkoyach, everyone. going to give tomorrow. I have to confirm with him in Mirza Hashem. Mirza Hashem. Mirza Hashem. Ari, great to see you. Great to see you. And Mazel Tov on the upcoming Simcha. Very excited. I'm sorry also. I've thought about it. Not switching it, but maybe starting an additional share. I think it would be a... Uh, yeah, absolutely. The halakhs that we have as far as waiting for everything tomorrow until the hot is that the same chumrah? I mean, is that the din is the same chumrah as during the nine days itself? Or is it just...